to the NBA Odds Pod on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network as presented by MyBookie.ag. The UFC is back. International soccer is back. The casino is open 24-7. Plus, they've got tons of sports sims to bet on. Use promo code SGP for up to $1,000 deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag. Promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And finally, we're brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full line of premium smokable CBD, now shipping legally to all 50 states. And if you use promo code SGP, you get 15% off. That's K. K-U-S-H-Y dreams.com promo code SGP. And welcome to NBA Odds Pod. I am your host, Ryan Rich Fat Baby McKee. And today I am joined by uh, two very special guests. Well, not so special because you guys have uh, met Evan before, but Evan Swartz, how's it going? Uh, not so great now that you said I'm not special, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I'm not special in that uh, it's not your first time, but you're always special in my heart. And uh, we have a good friend of Evan's, Raf Carrillo. How's it going, Raf? Uh, very well. Very happy that you put me on a pedestal of Evan. That felt great. <laughs> so uh raf what's your deal you guys you and evan are friends where are you from what's uh what do we need to know about you um uh, context is evan and i evan's my oldest friend evan and i met in the fifth grade we were 10 years old and uh fast forward 21 years he's best man at my wedding last summer um he is how did he do oh uh, he marvelously yeah on he a, nailed I mean, it. like I, I feel bad for any other uh, groom to be. Oh wow! But he he organized. I, I, I heard he was very funny too. That's just what I heard. Though. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, are you talking about yourself in the third person already? I, I don't. Well, we're gonna go really in an inception way if I try to answer that in the third person. Too, okay. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, he did great. He organized my bachelor party and then like ran around doing everything at the wedding. So yeah, Evan and I just are long time, very very close friends. All right, great. And then, so uh, you both grew up Knicks fans. Thank God, no. Rap was spared from that. Um, uh, yeah. And, and also, we should say quickly, Rap is also I, like I'm a writer. Rap is also an incredibly talented writer, and uh, that's Thank what you. his profession is. And also, one of the more obsessive sports fans I think that I have in my life, which is saying something. Oh, awesome, Raph, What do you write? I write fiction mostly. I have written some listicle stuff in the past for Flavor Wire, which I don't think exists anymore, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Many but... of the places that I have written for no longer exist as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Funny how that happens. It's just like an ongoing book fire for the internet. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, and where can uh, listeners find you if they want to check out your stuff? Um, if it still exists, there's a blog called Officially a Yuppie that I've done some music writing for. And I wrote a piece for the Brooklyn Rail Online a while back, but they went, they underwent like a massive editorial staff of people right after. So I'm not sure if it ever actually got online. So you're, you're saying you're making it really hard for people to find you. Yeah, no, it's impossible. Do you have a Twitter account? Uh, 
No, I do not. Wow, um, you guys. So. <laughs> no Twitter, no Facebook, no Instagram. He's very. You mysterious. guys are the worst millennials I've ever met. I yeah, know. We're, we're on that. We're on that edge of like you know we had dial-up internet uh, growing All up, right. so it's like it still seems vaguely uh, undoable. Okay. <laughs> um, so there was some news this morning, or some potential news this morning, in that the NBA released an official statement saying that they are in talks with Disney World to uh, potentially restart some kind of bubble tournament situation. Uh, Evan, you saw this. I didn't. I didn't read it yet. What did you? What did it say? Yeah. So the the main gist of it is that they would be using the ESPN Wide World of Sports complex, which I guess is either on Disney World, you know, land or adjacent to it, and kind of running that bubble scenario that we've been talking about, where I think in late July they would have uh, players arriving after a two week quarantine at their own team facilities. And then there's multiple arenas there. They would kind of, I guess, run through uh, what Adam Silver has claimed will be the full playoffs, uh, you know, seven-game series and all of full that. Playoff, but they would definitely not start, restart the regular season. I, I don't know if there's anything definite. I think yeah. that that's something that they left out of the statement pretty clearly. You know, it doesn't indicate whether or not it's regular season playoffs, a mix. Um, but what I thought was kind of... Uh, different than this and all the rumors that we've been hearing about Las Vegas or Houston is that this came from the NBA directly and it was a statement they released talking about the fact that they're in these exploratory talks and it certainly just makes it seem the most substantial of all of the news and rumors that we've heard about restarting the season so far. Yeah yeah and I mean um, do they give any kind of timeline whatsoever? Yeah, late July, which is sort of a weird, I mean, because that seems both pretty realistic in terms of right now, as we're talking, we're going into the last week of May. Mm -hmm. So that would be almost two full months to kind of work out all the logistics. But the funny thing about that is, you know, the playoffs are just about 10 weeks long on their own. And that would mean that this, the, the, the 2019-2020 season would wrap up with only a few weeks until what would be the scheduled start of next season. And yeah. So I, mean, I think they've I, already I, come out and said that they probably wouldn't start till Christmas in, uh, yeah, for the next season. Which is what all of us basketball fans have been saying for yeah. years, that the season doesn't really start till Christmas anyway. Right. So, you know, it's, not, it's, it's interesting that they're that, uh, fixated on on finishing up this current season, at, especially at the expense of next season, and and possibly throwing off the calendar, you know, maybe permanently. I, mean, I, I feel like, love, oh, sorry, Raph, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it, I doubt this will ever happen for any reason. But if ever there were an opportunity to bump the first round of the playoffs back to a best of five series, this seems like it, and that would be when, so 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 good for the sport. I think, like, just with, without a doubt, yeah. Like, yeah. I remember those those series are just, I mean, it's like, I don't watch nearly as much baseball as I do basketball, but, like, the first round of baseball is always thrilling because it's best of five. And it's like, you know, a team hot at the right time can just kind of get through in, a, in an unexpected way. And I don't know. Like, that doesn't happen as often as in basketball, obviously. Talent usually wins. But to even introduce that element again, I think, would be really thrilling. Yeah, I like it because what was the last, I mean – was the last eight seed the Memphis Grizzlies to upset like the 
the Spurs. Spurs. That was what, like ten, eight years ago, maybe? That was like I think I was actually looking at that team. I think it was like twenty eleven, thereabouts, something like that. Yeah. So while- yeah, was it, was it the strike season? Because that actually the 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 other time that that had happened in my memory would have been well, no, I guess it was the We Believe Warriors. We believe Warriors uh, no six oh seven. Yeah, and then before that, it may have been uh, the Knicks going to the finals uh, in that strike season. Yeah, so no, it was, I think it was 2010, 2011 Memphis. So that's the year before the strike, I think. Yeah. So, but, but it still does speak to this idea of, you know, the, the 8-1 upset is so rare as to be essentially non-existent mm-hmm. that I don't think that it's – I agree with you. I don't think it's worth extending the playoffs another almost full week just for the one every decade time that mm-hmm. there's a weird upset. Because, by the way, they're not really even the most satisfying upset. This right. is not like a 16 over one seed in, the tw- in, the, in March Madness, which is fun and exciting. It's more of a like, oh, okay, well, I guess this team will go get slaughtered in the second round now. And <laughs> no, that's I about it. That and- Grizzlies team, I was actually really excited for that Grizzlies team to oh, knock off too. the Spurs. Because, one, I mean, I hate the Spurs growing up a Phoenix Suns fan. Uh, the Spurs are the worst. We can all agree that. And yes, uh, <laughs> rap. Rap will that, was, that team was really fun with Gasol. And uh, I mean, it, that was like the, what was it? The grit and grind grind. Yeah. Zach Randolph uh, putting up a mysterious, like 19, a game with no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tony <laughs> Allen. He was totally rejuvenated. Well, he came from, he was like crap on the Knicks for a while and then hit Memphis and then became totally rejuvenated. Right. Yeah. yeah he was Zach Randolph's got to be one of the all-time slap-in-the-face Knicks players, just like... And you guys have a lot of those. The Knicks <laughs> oh, have a lot boy, of slap-in-the-face players. And by the way, I, I don't... I have no... I have nothing but love for him because rejuvenated for Zach Randolph was suddenly he was able to jump over a box of matches. Like, <laughs> that, you know, you can't fault a guy for that. But yeah, in terms of dudes leaving New York and suddenly finding their mojo... First of all, the, the New York Mets are undefeated at that. But yeah, Zach Randolph and the Knicks, I'm, a, I'm good with that. That's fine. That does not infuriate me. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, I think it would be best. It seems like every basketball fan I've talked about this, everybody is like, yeah, let's go back to the five game series for the first round and at least possibly make it more interesting um, and possibly have some more upsets. I would, I mean, I would feel like it would be great even if they did the first two rounds five game series for just this particular situation. Yeah. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna run into football season and it's just gonna get weird. I'm also, I'm so curious about, I don't know if either of you know anything about this sports complex at Disney World, but is it like, like, you remember Evan Basketball City here in, in New York that's just like, of course, it's under a bubble? Like, it's gonna be like that? <laughs> like, just games what? happening concurrently, like pickup? And then, well, for, first of all, that sounds like maybe the greatest idea I've right? ever heard. Of Where, like, the real... basketball would accidentally, like, it would go out of bounds and then into the other court, and they'd have to oh, stop yeah, exactly. the game. Ball on court. Who's <laughs> <Ball on> court, <laughs> gotta chase it down? No, but like, if it they just, did, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, I've, for a couple of years, um, one, of, one of my friends had the NFL Red Zone that just, you know, takes you to the action, you know, whatever. Yep. So you never see any of the boring parts of football. So, yeah, if they just had that going on for the NBA, just all these games happening at once and, 
you know, camera crews switching uh, perspectives. Over and over. I, I mean, and, and that's what they do for March Madness already, where they, yeah. they broadcast games simultaneously across different channels. And I think, look, th this is the NBA, thankfully, is the most innovative out of all the leagues. And this would be the time to experiment. Like, this would be your weird little, um, you know, quite literally bubble where you can try some things out and see what sticks and what maybe you can incorporate, uh, you know, into the NBA, into the, into the product for the future. And I think concurrent, you know, games, uh, running them, I, I don't think it'll be quite Basketball City. I think what they actually do have are like three separate arenas okay. that are just on that campus. But you could blaze through the at least the first round of the playoffs way quicker, you know, maybe in as little or in as few as like 11 days yeah. if they're willing to really, really commit to it. And obviously, if the networks are OK with it. And I think that probably one of the biggest driving forces behind this particular plan is just the synergy between the NBA, Disney, ESPN and, you know, for that corporation to be able to own pretty much all of it. I imagine that they'll be willing to do whatever it takes to, to make this happen. Yeah. What you're saying is the NBA right now is an 18-year-old girl coming from a strict family and going to college for the first time, and she can experiment with anything she wants at this point. She is going to, going to join a coven of witches. Without a doubt. <laughs> you went directly for the witches. I was thinking more like kissing a girlfriend for the first time. But yeah, all right. I see where your head's at. I, I, I don't know what witch covens do. I'm saying anything is on the table for sure. Should we go through be, the be honest, you're that? Be honest, you're writing some witch coven fiction right now. That is why. That's what I, you're doing. He's, he's editing mine. He's editing my witch coven. <laughs> witch coven basketball. It's very, it's very niche. <laughs> um, that is quite niche. I would love to read some of that. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's exciting. I feel like um, I've been let down so many times already with getting excited about different news that I don't know where I stand on it. Like, of course, I would love to see basketball come back. But um, who knows at this point? I, I I feel like we go through a roller coaster of emotions. Last time Evan and I spoke, we were totally convinced, both of us, that we would not see basketball again this season. Yeah, it's it's funny how things can change that quickly. And again, w when there's money behind it, that obviously will be the determining factor of if it happens or not, because they will move mountains uh, to avoid breaking TV contracts and things like that. And I also think that when you compare it to the plan for you know baseball let's say uh, the the main difference is that this is going to leave a sour taste in everybody's mouth if the season doesn't get finished whereas starting a brand new season does seem a little bit more ridiculous and a little bit more of a heavy lift so i think if there's any you know factor there that's in the nba's favor it's that they they've just got to make it over the finish line as opposed to you know, scheming up an entire plan for an entire season. I do think the most annoying storylines, if they do restart it and, and play the playoffs, it will be an annoying storyline for a long time, especially if LeBron wins, because everybody who's so oh, amped man. up on Michael Jordan right now, be like, oh, that's an asterisk win. That's not a real championship. You can't really count that towards Le LeBron's legacy. Yeah, and then it would be two out of four rings with asterisks. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a bad scene for Bron. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of that. I'm already pre-mad at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, that's a, that's a very New Yorker thing. Getting mad at everybody before it even happens. It's when it's when you're you waiting know, for the car in front of you at the red light, and and you're just like, as soon as it turns green, I am honking this horn. I do not <laughs> like this guy. And now for a quick break from our presenting sponsor, MyBookie.ag. You've heard the news. Basketball is just over the horizon. That's right. I'm calling it. Basketball is just over the horizon. And you need to go over to MyBookie.ag, get yourself an account, use promo code SGP, and they will match your deposit up to $1,000. So if you put in $100, you get $50 to play with absolutely free. And just in case you couldn't do the math, I did it for you, you know? Um, And hey, say that your earnings from betting on sports or simulated sports, MMA, if they're not coming quick enough for you, try your hand over at the MyBookie Casino with instant access to hundreds of classic slots and table games. There's new blackjack tournaments starting every week. Opportunities to enter for free and score a portion of the huge jackpot. Again, Stay safe and stay sane from the comfort of your own home and sign up right now. Go to mybookie.ag, use promo code SGP, and they'll match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. Because, hey, with MyBookie, you bet, you win, and most importantly, when you win, you get paid. Because we still don't have basketball to talk about betting on, we are... Evan suggested that we bring on Raph because uh, you are one of the best sports trivia nerds he knows and that you guys just go back and forth talking about uh, the craziest sports trivia. So, yeah, our text history is really like there's there's nothing substantive in there. Uh, It's all just, (laughs) you know, who led the league in three point percentage in 1991, but, you know, shot under 80% from the free throw line. Like, just crazy stuff. So, yeah. And, and, and then, will you be my best man? And then, yes. sure. And then, but only, only if you can answer these questions three. That's right. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm Monty Python. Uh, and so, so, yeah, I mean, like, and then I, do, I do feel like this is also uh, applicable, this kind of theme, because uh, to put a quick plug of one of my own things in there, uh, CBS is premiering a show I was a producer on called Game On this Wednesday, which uh, I did work. It's a lot of uh, sports. It's like a lot of stupid sports trivia uh, mixed with like challenges. And it has uh, Rob Gronkowski and Venus Williams. Kigo Michael Key is the host. And then they have like rotating celebrities that play. So I did do a lot of uh, really dumb sports trivia. So I'll try to throw in a couple of facts if I can even remember them. But uh, I'll let you guys take it away from here. Uh, Fantastic. And then let me say my bona fides are that my first job out of uh, college in sports media was writing sports trivia. So I, I, you've got three at least moderately experienced dummies here uh, doing this. I think we can all at least fake uh, some expertise. So, <laughs> yeah, And I've spent just an inordinate amount of, I've spent so much time on Wikipedia that I'm now one of the people that pays for it. Like it got to a oh, point wow. where I was like, I gotta give these people $3 a month. Cause I'm just. <laughs> I do that I go too. Like, I, I go like I $5 like dollars a, a year hero. though. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, make, I'm making the minimum contribution, but still, <laughs> Jimmy Wales owes me. Um, <laughs> all, right, all right, so Raph, who, who wants to you... go with the first? And, and do, uh, do we have all basketball facts, or are you guys just bringing all kinds of facts? 
I brought uh, only basketball, but oh, I'm awesome. sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah likewise, and, and and I've got a fun one for Rath because I the way that we tend to do this is we'll ask each other questions knowing pretty full well what the other's capability is, and so I think Rath will even get at least two of these up front out of the four names. Okay. And the question is, as best as I can tell, the only four uh, NBA Hall of Famers who played during the three-point era and have only one career three-pointer made. Oh my goodness. There's wow, four of them is... that I found. I think two of them, if, if you use your logic, you should be able to get. The other two are a little more obscure. Now, when you wow. say the three-point era, it was when it was introduced or when it became popular? Uh, when it was at least during a time in which if you hit a shot from behind the arc, you got three points. Okay. Okay. So I, have two, got I have two quick draw guesses. Do it. One of them is Shaq. I believe he Correct. hit a single three-point field goal. Correct. Um, and would Rick Smits be another? Ooh, that, no. But you, you, one of the obscure names, you're, you're not far off. You're in the, you're in the sort of... Uh, so a tall, uh, foreign-born gentleman. Can I venture a guess here? Go for it. Dennis Rodman. No. Rodman's got think, a couple. I think Rodman has a couple, yeah. But again, yeah. You're, you're in the right kind of uh, arena, to, to, if you'll pardon the pun. Um, I mean, it seems silly to guess George Mirazan, but George Mirazan? No, um, I did not see him in there. I, and let me say, by the way, as for the, the Rick Smith uh, guest, I don't think foreign born, but do think uh, kind of gawky white dudes. Don't think foreign born, but gawky white dude. Chris Dudley? Yeah. No, but you're getting a little closer. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh... Um, all right, one more what, guess. By the uh, way, by the way, one of them should be very obvious, and you just think Hall of Famers, all-timers, who would maybe have only been shooting from the outside very rarely, if ever. Patrick Ewing. No pressure at all there. No, but uh, <laughs> get, get, now you're getting closer there. Sorry, what was your guess, Ryan? I didn't hear that. Ewing. Ewing. Oh, uh, Charles Oakley? No, but uh, think all-time big men. All-time big men. Hakeem? Uh, getting close. David Robinson? No. <laughs> Come on, all-time. I feel like, all right, I feel like this must be annoying to the listeners. Just go ahead yeah, and tell Yeah, us. we can't go too long on all this. All right, your all-timer, Mr. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh, One was, career. What? Uh, I yep, apparently I'm very surprised. I mean, I guess they introduced can, the three pointer while he it. was playing, so he didn't have it his entire career. But I still felt like his outside shot was better than that. Let's let's fact check Evan right now because if, if we're disputing it, uh, we shall go to his basketball reference, and he hit one career three pointer in wow. 1986 87. Wow, 39 year old. That's I would amazing. guess that's a that's a garbage time. We have a lead or we don't have a lead type shot. <laughs> or, or there's one second left on the clock for sure. Right. Like which I think is Shaq's was an inbound with two seconds left and he threw it up and banked it in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I think he was on the magic. I think it was actually. I, early, I believe it was a magic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, Kareem one for eighteen and square for threes. Uh, your gawky white dude, as best as I can tell, Dave Cowan. 
who oh, wow. maybe not the gawkiest, but certainly. Uh, I forgot field. he was even in the Hall of Fame. He's a number yeah, one overall pick, I believe. Wasn't he? Uh, let's find out what we got this page. Um, and he's fourth MVP. pick. Fourth. fourth pick by the Celtics. And so I think for him, what year was the three-pointer? I think it was 79, 80? 78, yeah, it's 78 or 79. Yeah, so he hit one in 79, 80 and uh, went one for 14 in his career from beyond the arc. And then the final one, I don't know if anybody would have gotten this uh, as best as I can tell, is Spencer Hayward. Yeah, never. Wow. Yeah, that's a tough one. Huh. But I was impressed Any you got Shaq right off the bat because that's the uh, – that, that's that's some good Shaq, uh, you know, uh, obscure stuff. And I, I've got I a couple more Shaq, Shaq uh, trying a couple three pointers in the All Star games. Yes, I, yeah, I do remember that. I don't. I, I don't ever remember watching him trying to hit them in a real game, though. That's a I mean, good just, in the All Star game for sure. Yeah, I've, I've, and I've seen like uh, you know YouTube compilations of him practicing whatever, and every time he hits a three, it's banked violently in. You know, it's never like a nice looking <laughs> switch. It's as if he dunked it from 27 feet and just, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Raph, what do you got for us for your first one? Okay, um, this is uh, a little more involved. I, th I know that was pretty involved, I shouldn't say that. Okay, um, can either of you name the now defunct annual award won by both Dennis Rodman and Grant Hill? Dennis Rodman won it in 1992, Grant Hill won it in 1997. Ooh. Okay, so this was not one of the big, uh, you know, MVP, most improved, it, but it's in that same sort of vein? It's, it's in that vein. It existed from 1984 until 2002. And uh, it is, um, yeah, I mean, it's in that same vein, but it's not, it's not. Okay. Funked NBA awards. So he, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to logic it out a little bit because those two names are so disparate. But I do know that Grant Hill is a big time um, uh, uh, charitable donator, all those sorts of things. Was it some kind of citizenship award? Ooh, good guess. Uh, it is not, and I will Ooh. reiterate that Dennis Rodman won this award. So. That, well, I thought maybe it was one of those like, well, how did he ever win this? Well, but yeah, no, he, that could have totally been because every once in a while, though, like the, those guys will kind of like try to remake their image and just go overboard giving charity. It's true. Yeah. And Dennis, Hart, Dennis Rodman, I think, is a good-hearted, damaged person. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's like on the sly started like nine schools. So that's not actually well, a crazy guess. Just public. And also, because I believe Ron Artest has won a couple of those in the, I guess, in the Meta World Peace years, because of how he was able to turn around, you know, his mental health and talk about it so openly. So maybe yeah. Dennis Robin was about to kick a cameraman in the nuts and then stopped, <laughs> and they were like, like "We should reward this behavior." I'll, I mean, I will say it is nothing to do with citizenship. It is to do with contributions on the court. It is a, it Got is it. a basketball award. I mean, it's okay. I don't um, expect that there is like there is a sportsmanship award and a teammate award, but those are not defunct. I think they still give those out, right? Uh, yeah. There, there's some, there's some version. There's the Joe, oh yeah, it's the Joe Dumars trophy. Yes. Yeah. For the, like, the uh, best sportsmanship. And then I think there's also a teammate award, which just feels weird. But anyway, I believe they still give those out. And... Yeah, they still give out like a citizenship award, so it wouldn't have been that anyway. So if it's now it's defunct, um, 
Jeez, I have no idea. Uh, then, then let me venture another guess. Was it a hustle award? It was not. <sighs> Man, that's tough. I mean, I, 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 you, I, got, I, you got to throw us a hint. Yeah, uh, okay, I, I can throw you another hint. Um, another hint. Uh, David Robinson won this award five times. Ooh, ooh, boy. I can't wait to tell you about this because it's so strange and I want it to come back. <laughs> okay, I'm um, maybe one more guess each. And is then... it the most impressive body on the court award? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, that, that dude no, but like, obviously he would have won, He would have won the, I got the best score on the SAT award too. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to say that it was something to do with not who boy was it a defensive award no it was not all right i'm done you you gotta let us know i'm so curious okay it is called the ibm award and it is the closest uh comparison it has today would be P uh, per player efficiency rating Oh. Uh -huh. so it basically uh, there's the cup the formula for it is player points minus player field goal, field goal attempts plus player rebounds plus etc cetera, etc cetera. then times like team wins times 250 and then divided it's basically individual contributions divided by team contributions wow uh, and yeah so david robinson won this award five times <clears throat> excuse me charles barkley won it three times jordan won it two times but neither time in an mvp year for jordan and it is only correlated to the MVP twice, David Robinson in 1995 and Shaq in 2000. Um, so it is a pure uh, IBM Watson generated, you know, it's a formula based award. And um, I really want something like this to come back. I think a plurality of MVP awards would be a good thing just for kind of interest. And I, I find it fascinating. Like it's it's a really interesting list if you Google it now. Um, so yeah, Robin won in 1992, and uh, there was another kind of funny one. But yeah, it's so it it almost is a little bit of like a. Ooh, are you getting an echo? Oh, not anymore. Um, it almost is kind of a like hustle award, but but I guess kind of like amortized over win shares, which is really interesting. And I bet you could do it now completely differently given that they have so many player trackers and yeah. like biometric things that you could totally, totally like, you know, divine a way to figure out which player covers the most of the court and was involved in the most plays. I mean, it's, it's sort of like usage rate yeah. plus, uh, you know, defensive hot zones and just like all of that kind of stuff boiled down. But so here's my question then. Do you think that that's the same thing as saying the best player in the league, or is it the most effective or efficient? I mean, like, how do you kind of categorize that? Because people always argue about the MVP award being like, is it the person that's most valuable to their specific team, or is it just the best player in the league? And now for another quick break, and we'll be right back. Unfortunately, a lot of you might be out of work right now, and um, that's important, and that sucks, but you guys should all be thinking about your next move. Maybe you want a career change. Maybe you want to be your own bookie. That's right, with sports coming back, 
you can now be your own bookie with aceperhead.com. All right? Say, so what? Maybe you don't know anything about how to start your own sportsbook. That's all right. They will do it for you. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. Ace Per Head has top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and an amazing mobile experience. Get started today and Ace is offering up to six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's Ace perhead.com slash SGP. Yeah. I mean, what, what I find appealing about this is that it's, I, I also, this, this is the other funny winner. Um, Dikembe Mutombo won it once. Um, so what I find appealing about it is that it totally removes the narrativizing of the most valuable player award. Cause that's just an unavoidable aspect. Yeah. Of, um, it's, it's the influence of sports media, uh, which I love. And it's, it's really, really fun to take the whole history of the team and the player into consideration along with the statistics. Like, you know, I don't think that one that like statistical um, determinations should hold primacy over how we do it normally. I just think having it there also would be just interesting. Like I'm fat, this, this only correlated to the actual MVP twice in uh, almost 20 years of existence. Like that's fascinating. Um, and it seems like it was kind of ahead of its time as well. It's like now we know, you know, how many dribbles per game players take and, and where their hot zones are on the floor. And like this is just this is an award that didn't have the right tools to really make it meaningful yet, it seems like. And now if they tried something like this again, we could really learn something. Yeah, especially with all the advanced stats, you're right. I, uh, what it re- reminds me of a little bit is in the NFL, where you have the MVP, which is almost always a quarterback, but then they also will have the offensive player of the right, player, totally, and it, which who who will be different. So, and uh, like yeah. I think I could be mistaken, but I don't, the NHL has don't they have an MVP as determined by the AP, and then an MVP as determined by the other players, something like that. Yeah, is it the the what's his name Rocket uh, Rocket Richard and the uh, and yeah. the Hart Trophy? Yeah, yeah, I, I I think that you're right. I also. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a math guy, but I wonder if that <laughs> award, because some of the guys you brought up, um, and I'm thinking Rodman specifically, the, the formula I imagine favors, um, because it, because there's it's sheer addition of statistics, Yes, it favors guys that accrue defensive numbers. Mm-hmm. So Jordan, obviously because he had the ball in his hands constantly and he's shooting constantly, it's not like he was gobbling up rebounds and it's not like he was really, you know, blocking many shots because he was on the perimeter. Whereas if you've got Robinson, Rodman, whoever who's I mean, Rodman pulled down 18 rebounds a game. Yeah. And so just adding 18 to whatever your, your number is, is going to really put you, you know, up. So I think obviously people who, you know, can use calculators would probably like find a way to kind of minimize that. But but it's such an interesting way to look at like contribution for a game where I mean you know you can go twenty five minutes and barely touch the ball on the offensive side of the court and still be Ben Wallace you know yeah no that's and uh, just to the defensive uh, 
aspect of this, it correlated to Defensive Player of the Year once with Hakeem Olajuwon in 1993. And I didn't actually know before this that Hakeem won that award. But no, you're right. It's a, it's a totally, it favors um, a certain just um, raw bulk of stats. And it's, it's certainly asking a different question because yeah, Rodman won this award, but it would never be under consideration that you'd roll the ball to him and run the get the fuck out of the way set at the end of a game. It's like, that's Jordan territory, that's Larry Bird territory. Um, so the question of value there is not, you know, you're never going to take a player like Rodman for the last shot of the game. But but, it's interesting, yeah. no, but, but it also seemed to favor guys who, um, I mean, just the, the players you named, like someone like Robinson winning it five times. It's not like he could ever really get his own shot. You know, he had, he was kind of, that's true. He had to wait for somebody to like set him up. And so I, I feel like right. it it doesn't favor point guards and stuff like that, which is, you know, kind of interesting. That's a really, um, it's funny you said that actually, because I'm looking at the list again now and not a single, uh, actually, sorry, Magic Johnson won it in 83, 84, um, but he's the only point guard who won it. Other than that, it is uh, mostly front court players uh, aside from Jordan. And if you want to count Grant Hill, as like a combo player. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's but Robinson. That also says a lot about where the league was at compared That's, to where yeah. it is now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I thought that was a fun little rabbit hole. I'd never heard of it. I stumbled upon it accidentally, and yeah. I like that a lot. All right, we're going to go uh, real stupid with one of my game on questions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guys. Um, this is what you can expect from CBS Primetime this coming Wednesday. Um, first off, uh, the first part of this question is, can you name, and this has been measured in decibels, can you name the women's tennis player who has the highest grunt? You know how a lot of women's tennis players. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is this all time um, or current players? This is all time. So you you know you can reach back to, you know the Monica Salases, the Martina Navratilovas. Uh, yeah. Rap, can you uh, phone a friend slash uh, family <laughs> <Yes>. member? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my uh, my aunt uh, Mary Carrillo is a tennis broadcaster, so if she ever hears this, I, I feel like uh, I, sh I should uh, venture a good guess. Um, I would guess Maria Sharapova, maybe. Ding, ding, ding! Very good. Hey, uh, right. And the part of this, and the part that this question appears in in the episode is place these sounds in order from highest to lowest. So it goes, uh, Maria Sharapova's grunt, the highest it was ever recorded at. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, 12th man. Yeah, century when, length, yeah. When they, set the, uh, when, they, when they set the record. And the average sound of a NASCAR race. <laughs> Uh, is that the order? In, in, in a, so that's not the order. Setting? Place it in the order. I would, go, I mean, I guess first, last time, Evan, so you go ahead. Uh, I would say CenturyLink, then NASCAR, then Sharapova. Okay, Raf, do you I, have a, another answer? I would flip, I would go NASCAR first, then Seahawks, then Sharapova. You're wrong. Seahawks are first with... Wow. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it was around 139 decibels. 
Sharapova is second with 109 Whoa. decibels. And the average uh, sound level at a NASCAR race is around 100 decibels. Wow. I just wow. blew your guys' minds, right? Totally, yeah. totally not basketball-related. Sorry about that. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that I was researching and writing for this show. That's fantastic. No, we, we can talk all the tennis you want. Um. <laughs> oh, that's exactly the amount of tennis I wanted to talk about. <laughs> wow. Very surprised NASCAR's not louder. Yeah. Well, does that, does that average decibel level include, like, the moment of silence they have before every race to memorialize the end of the Northern War of Aggression? Or I have no idea what that really... <laughs> takes into account because this uh show is not like a it's not a real game show and that people are actually winning stuff so we didn't have to totally uh fact check everything to the down to the uh, nth degree but um yeah that's that is what the they claim is 100 decibels wow. uh at, at an average nascar race um so who wants to go next with another factoid well, I, I've got one that I think is going to be equally surprising, and maybe I'm telegraphing a little bit, but, for, and let me say this. First of all, the only NBA, the only state in America that has never produced an NBA player is Vermont, which I thought was really interesting. 49 other states have. Hmm, no NBA wow. players ever come from Vermont. So here's the question. Which city has produced the most number one NBA draft pick? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm. Um, My gut instinct is Chicago. I was you going wrong. I'm going to say Los Angeles. You were wrong. Yeah, so this is going to be a, a weird one. Oh, it is a weird one. Um, now I'm thinking just like mid-Atlantic, somewhere in North Carolina, maybe. Now, so let me give you a hint here. Think about recent number one overall picks and think about what certainly two of them uh, in the last, uh, let's say, 10 years uh, have in common. And it's something uh, a little funky. Are you talking about the fact that Ben Simmons was born in Australia? I am talking about the fact that Ben Simmons was born in Australia. Uh... Is it Sydney? It is. Well, I'll, you, you got it. It is Melbourne, not Sydney. Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia. Because, uh, yeah. Oh, it is. Oh, Kyrie Irving. Bogut. Correct. Correct. And Ben Simmons. And, and Ben Simmons. And that's I three. Believe, I believe no other city has three number one draft picks. That's, wow. That's totally wild. Isn't that really, really, really crazy to think about? And I, it's yeah. a little weird because, obviously, because Kyrie... He is an Australian citizen, but I, as best as I know, both of his parents are American. Yes, they are, and I oh, and, and he went to Duke, obviously. But well, and, you know, for a and he'll days, play but. for and he plays for Team USA. And also, he uh, can't be from Australia because the Earth is flat. Oh, yeah. that's right. Australia doesn't exist. Sorry, I'm very sorry. I should have said up front. This is a fake question, and uh, I am a globist, and you know, I believe NASA. You're, you're a real I, rounder, aren't you? I am. And you're going to get in trouble because uh, Kyrie Irving does listen to this podcast. Oh, so yeah. He's going to be coming after you. <laughs> I, <laughs> as forgot, as I, I forgot. Yeah. 
Jeez. As long as I don't try to DM up, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that, um, I really that's great. I like that. That's that that is a that's a fun one to throw out at a party to stump. Yeah, people. yeah, and I'll also say there must be something in the water there because Andrew Bogut is also completely nuts. So, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I like, think that that is just that's just Australia. Maybe it people is, from yeah. Australia are just a little bit off for whatever reason. And like yeah. usually in a good way, some of the most fun party people to party with and have beers. But uh, certainly uh, you don't want to like get into some kind of like jackass uh, dare off with an Austra Australian person <laughs> because you will lose and come out with a broken leg in some way. You, you don't want to play hold my fosters with them. Yeah, exactly. No, no, you will get a spider bite. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we just need to take our last break and we will be right back with the conversation. I'm very excited for this new company. This is the first time I get to read this ad, so, you know, market in history, I don't know. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full line of premium smokable CBD, which is something I love, it gets me to sleep. They specialize in extraordinary CBD rich hemp flower, AKA bud and pre-roll CBD joints. And they're shipping legally to all 50 states. So if you can't score some good CBD in, in the state you're in, maybe you live in like a real conservative state, this is for you. So join the group of adults who are sick of vapes and gummies and wanna smoke their CBD. Okay, here's what you need to know about Cushy Dreams. Their CBD content is up to 20%, which is some of the highest in the game. It looks like high quality marijuana, feels like high quality marijuana, and tastes like high quality marijuana, which is what you want, come on. The attention to detail is noticeable in every beautiful flower. Smoking your CBD is the most efficient and effective way to deliver CBD to your system, and it does not get you high. It just relaxes you, man. Grown in California and Oregon, each plant is hand-selected by a team of experienced cannabis flower experts. Now, as I said, they are shipping legally to all 50 states. And if you use promo code SGP, you get 15% off. That's K-U-S-H-Y dreams.com. K-U-S-H-Y dreams.com. And make sure to use that promo code SGP for 15% off. Smoke your CBD because you can. Um, all right, Raph, what do you got? All right. Um, I got a few. I'm trying to decide which one to go with here. Uh, okay. Can either of you name the player with the longest streak of playing time without making a free throw? Wow. And I, I will qualify this. I do not expect either of you to get this. And it is not what I would call an intuitive answer. Can you give us like... Nope. So can you give us like a year range here? Yeah, uh, this would be uh, early 2010s. And I can give you, I'll give you another hint if you like. Uh, this player played in the NBA, but also in uh, a league abroad for a couple of years. So Longest the, to go without like a, a free couple throw. Of, there's a couple of pathways here because it could be you know, a big man who, or, or uh, you know, somebody else who's just a bad free throw shooter. Mm -hmm. But it also could just be a guy who never had the ball in his hands. And so that's like, that's where my mind is going. That I, I wonder if it's somebody who got into games, but just never, ever, ever had the ball in his hands. 
like just a defensive specialist. Yes, like like some dude that was there to protect the rim, rebound, throw the outlet pass, and then honestly just stay on the other side of the court. And so you're saying that we do not expect this to get this because is is it going to be a name that we even like immediately recognize? Uh, yes. Once I say it, I, I given both your levels of fandom, I don't imagine he will be a stranger, but. Um, Nor do I expect you would think him in this category. I'm going to venture a guess here with uh, Tony Allen. Not Tony Allen, but but that's a good guess. And I was even thinking just now, like, that that would be the kind of guess I'd make if I didn't know. Um, But no, not Tony Allen. Um, I I don't know. I I don't think this is right. But when you said Tony Allen, the name that I had in my head for whatever reason was Bruce Bowen. Not Bruce Bowen either. Was he even still Are playing by twenty ten? That, that's what I'm trying to rack my brain because I think he won a couple more chips with those Spurs teams in the early to twenty ten. Mm, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I can't remember if he was still around then. But I can't remember. He's um, kind of like Jack Torrance in The Shining. Like if you look at any NBA photo, Bruce Bowen is there. <laughs> <laughs> and he's pissing somebody off. And yeah, he's, he's, and while somebody's in the air, he's just sliding his foot underneath their landing spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, you got you got to give us something else. I think. Yeah, something one else. one more quick uh, uh, clue, and then we'll we'll venture another guess here. Okay, I'll just tell you what team he was playing for. Phoenix. Oh fuck! I oh, should actually on, know man. this. Let's do it. This is on you now. <sighs> Jesus. The the stretch of time we're talking about is from the back half of the 2010-2011 season into the 2011-2012 season. Oh man. Um. Boris Diaw? No, sir. I'll go. I'll go with uh, Robin Lopez. Not Robin Lopez. Um, All right. Do you have more guesses, or should I just tell you? That's just. I think you got to tell us. Josh Childress. Really? Isn't that strange? So Josh Childress, the the number is four hundred ninety one minutes played, and uh, yeah, from. About halfway through the 2010-2011 season into 2011-2012, he's playing about 15 minutes per game. And for 2011-2012, he's only averaging 0.1 free throw attempts per game. His percentage in 2011-2012 is zero. He doesn't hit any free throws in that season. (laughs) Um, I don't trust that I found this. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I, I double checked this. I, I triple checked it. I went on basketball reference. And I mean, it, there's so much that's strange about this because he's, this is his 27, 28 year old season. So, you know, like ostensibly still in his prime. He's a six, eight slasher type. He's got a, you know. Yeah, he wasn't known as a horrible shooter. I know. I mean, and, and so, I mean, obviously this is after like the prime you know, critically acclaimed sons. Like, this is no longer Nash, Stoudemire, Marion, you know, Fiesta. Um, so I get that there wouldn't be as many opportunities. But the idea that he's playing, and, and I will also concede there is, in 2011, 2012, there's a lot of DNPs, but I think he still plays like 34 games and like 14, 15 minutes a game. So he's not really touching the ball. And when he is, he's never head faking and then slashing to the rim. I mean, it's just... It really, to me, this boggles the mind. He's not the kind of player I would expect this from. And the only thing I can really think to chalk it up to, and it's totally subjective, is that he he spent two years playing for Olympiacos in the Greek league, or in yeah, in the Greek league. Um, and he went there because he could make because of tax reasons. He made a lot more money. 
and he led the league in scoring there one year. And I'm guessing that's just, you know, at 6'8", he's probably a giant playing against European players and could probably do whatever he wanted. And when he came back, he wasn't really up to the level of NBA physicality anymore. Maybe. Um, hard to say. Yeah, I totally forgot the clue that he had played in another league when I guessed Robin Lopez. That's... Uh, but, the, you know, they do have something else in common. Didn't Robin Lopez also go to Stanford? Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah. He, uh, he and his brother switched their uh, recruitment from UCLA uh, and decided to go to Stanford instead. And it uh, uh, was not a great moment in UCLA basketball history. So... <laughs> Um, can I actually then interject just a, a, a free throw sung factoid that I found that I love? Please. Yes. Um, and that, I might have so, one too, so you're not already going to say Okay. So, <laughs> uh, Steve Nash, one of the greatest just pure shooters of all time, and especially mm-hmm. free throw shooters. Shaq, one of the worst, in Shaq's worst ever free throw season by percentage, he missed 412 free throws in his career Steve Nash missed 324 oh my god so in his entire career Nash missed fewer than Shaq in one season (laughs) and that's not the only season of Shaq's where that's true by the way that's just the worst one in fact in his best season Shaq missed 274 so that's like oh my god about 50 exactly and then you know Nash missed forever so it, it, it's just, it's crazy that they played the same game. It really is. Yeah, yeah really. Oh, when, you, when you look at them, if you took like a, an alien from another country, or I yes. probably, if you took an alien from outer space and put Shaq and Nash together and be like, did these guys play the same sport? Just by <laughs> looking at them, there was no way in the world that anybody would guess that they were yeah. even from the same species. And then you could just like blow up their reality by enlightening them to the fact that Steve Nash won two MVP awards and Shaq won one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I, this is a, like a microcosm of Steve Nash free throw uh, trivia, but I just stumbled in 2009, 2010, he missed 14 free throws all season. He was 211 for 225 in 81 games. So that is just nuts. Yeah. I mean, you, um, Ryan, you mentioned at, at the top that you were a, you're a big Suns guy, as am I, especially during those Nash years. But actually going back to when they first drafted him, when they had that super – we can talk about teams later, I guess. But they had that super fun team that had him and Kidd and Kevin Johnson. It's like, yeah. 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 yeah no, I, and, and only two of those three are problematic now. That's good. Steve <laughs> yeah. Nash, Steve Nash yeah, is a no, saint, and we love him. The other two, eh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, no, I, mean, um, I, I grew up in Arizona, so um, – you know, I've been been a huge Suns fan ever since I was, uh, you know, big Marley guy. Oh, uh, yeah. And Marley. Thunderdam. Did you ever go to his restaurant? Oh, yeah. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it really sucks. I actually, I started doing stand-up comedy when I lived in Phoenix, too. There, every once in a while, they would do a, a bad stand-up comedy show at Marley's. And uh, I was always, even though it was always horrible, I was always up to do it just because it was Marley's restaurant. Did and, they try and, like, graft his name onto certain, like, was there, like, the Marley Garita or other, like, menu items <laughs> that had his name just... Sure. No, you know what? It's the most, uh, it's the most boring, like, 
it's a it's kind of like him as a person it, it most like boring <laughs> uh they they don't try to do anything creative with it they just like throw some of his sports memorabilia in there and have some really bad ribs uh-huh so it's like a play 18 holes go eat dinner type place absolutely yeah that's yeah. like uh walt clyde frazier's restaurant here in, in new york which is basically just you know his name and some of his memorabilia next to like very very mediocre buffalo wings <laughs> yeah um uh, yeah Darryl, sorry i was just gonna daryl strawberry opened a restaurant in my grandparents town briefly called strawberries that promptly went out of business it was like next to the train station and just sports <laughs> could not rely on the loyalty from the queen's mets fans uh one of my uh, in the same vein of uh athlete restaurants for the uh, for game on this season, one of my pitches was uh, because so Shaq has a restaurant here in Los Angeles and there's two burgers on the menu at Shaq's restaurant. And there's a Kobe burger made with Kobe beef uh, and then a Shaq burger. Um, and actually, then we found out that it, they uh, market it as made with Kobe beef, but it's actually made with Wagyu beef because uh, it's too expensive for Kobe beef, which is weird. But one of the pitches I had for the TV show was to get a Kobe burger and get a Shaq burger and once it, and do a taste test with the guests for to decide once and for all who is better, Kobe or Shaq. <laughs> but and your reaction, that... your reaction, Evan, is exactly the reaction that the uh, executive producers <laughs> had and why I didn't make it on the show. Uh, well, first of all, I, I'm all green lights for comedy. That would have been fun. I'm more puzzled by how has he not been sued by Shake Shack for doing? But it's okay, a, see, uh, that reaction is why I didn't write on your show. So, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, that was not a joke. I'm uh, very worried about his legal uh, culpability there. Okay, I ended up recording so long with Raf. And Evan, that uh, I broke this into two episodes. So uh, we'll be back on Wednesday with uh, Evan and Rafa. We'll be talking about some of our favorite teams in uh, NBA history. So uh, thanks so much. We'll be back Wednesday. And uh, check out NBA Odds Pod every week. That's a bad ending. You can follow me on at the Ryan McKee. And if anybody's still listening, let's watch uh, Game On Wednesday night, CBS. Okay, bye. Ba -ba 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 -ba